the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Top of the morning to you at 6.05 on a Friday night here in uh, New York City. We are in St. Patrick's, like, capital over here, um, where I sit in my office on 45th and 5th. The the parade goes right by, and I had a deposition today. I was actually a witness on a little civil case. No big deal. Don't don't fret anyone. Um, But it was interesting to hear the bagpipes. Let me tell you something. It is a huge parade, huge, enormous. Um, I don't have the stats, but there were dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and, I mean, band on top of band. And um, I didn't see any foolishness. Joni's here. Hi, Joni. How are you? Hello, Arthur. You I'm saw a, a little, quarter you, Irish. You saw fool, some foolishness, I right? saw some foolishness after. Um, some kids in the street, like about 20 kids and a, a girl, n- not dressed too well, kind of laying on the ground and acting all silly. And I wanted to pull her aside and go, oh, God, please just don't do this. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't, Joan, because we don't need the drama. San Bellino. Oh, San Bellino. How you doing, brother? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. And, uh, Why are you tired, San Bellino? Why, are you Why tired? am I tired? Ah, it's just been a little bit stressful here at work, but nothing I can't handle, me and my team. You, you got it under control? Yeah, I think I got it under control. We'll be okay. all right. Did you get to watch any of this uh, basketball stuff that was going on? I uh, did last not. Night? I have not left the station since yesterday. Well, that's not typical. No, not typical. But, hey, look, it happens. I'm thankful to have a job. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you have a job. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you. Um, 250000 Yep. What? Apparently marched in the parade. That's what I'm reading. Marchers and attracts two million spectators. Yeah, I will tell you, the streets were clogged. Like anyone, yeah, you know, when I was down in Atlanta at the beginning of this week, and someone made this off, someone from Atlanta was like, "Oh yeah, New York is a mess." New York was not a mess today. New York was crowded, really crowded. Well, the weather was so beautiful. Um, I left off with you last night. I was going to the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's, which I did. Uh, I got to spend a little time with the Cardinal. Uh, which was very nice. He's such a warm man. Uh, and I got to see John Miller, who, uh, has he been on our show? Maybe. I don't know. I've worked with him on a couple of projects. He was the, uh, uh, he was on, I believe it was CBS News back in the day. And then he's been uh, working in law enforcement for 30 years. Uh, he was one of the keynote speakers. But I ducked out of there a little early and I went to 
Ruth's Chris Steakhouse on 51st Street, um, where I've been going for 25 and a half years. And I had a gathering of 25 gentlemen who uh, all worked in the, the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, I believe with the exception of only Geraldo Rivera, who showed up, and his brother Craig, uh, who showed up after Geraldo's appearance on Hannity. And um, we, we just had a great time. It was a great time had by all. Roots Chris has got this particular branch is going out of business in about a month. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of the conversation last night was about Donald Trump um, and whether he's gonna, there's going to be this indictment. Uh, guys also heard the show on their way in, and they heard Joe Tacopina on, and he was uh, also a Kings County District Attorney alum. And, you know, then this morning I saw, I mean, the New York Times really, they, they really beat up Mr. Tacopina. Jimmy Kimmel did as one as well. He said something pretty nasty. Um, you know, I, I look, we, we're going to talk to a comedian later on. And uh, he worked with Don Rickles and Don Rickles used to be pretty nasty. But I don't know, it, it, not as in a, a mean a mean way. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel was pretty mean about Joe Tacopina. He said some real nasty stuff. Um, you know, I guess that's life in the big leagues. In other words, when you look at what happened to Alan Dershowitz, you know, he represented Trump, and they he's been so shunned in different parts of society. I can't speak at places, can't go into places. Um, you know, or when he does go into places, he gets, like, hissed at. So, you know, when you play in the big leagues, I mean, I got plenty of nasty emails and texts when I represented Harvey Weinstein and, and Ghislaine Maxwell and even some from Lawrence when I represented Lawrence Taylor. But, you know, again, that's what comes with playing in the big leagues. Um, we have a great show. John Katsimatidis is coming up to talk about his new book. Uh, and then we have Tony Darrow coming up, who is the uh, actor in Goodfellas who owned the um, nightclub. The nightclub. And um, and we got Padre Lou's libation here on a uh, on a Friday of St. Patty's Day. We got Joni, Joni. Yeah, we got Joni. Quarter Irish. Love the parade. All right, Osambolino. Let's do uh, do a little commercial work, and we'll come right back with John Katzmatidis. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a health care proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or health care proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a health care proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. What does the perfect wedding entail? Just you, the love of your life, your guests, and the iconic New York City skyline. 
Sound too good to be true? Well, guess what? It's not. You can say, I do, with gorgeous views of the New York City skyline in the distance on board the Atlantis yacht of New York Cruises. New York Cruises is the premier unique wedding venue. They have a dedicated staff of experienced hospitality professionals who can provide you with wedding, cruise, event planning services every step of the way. Your guests will be wined and dined on the main deck, sky deck, and lounge deck with 360-degree views of the Manhattan skyline. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagements, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231. That's 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or just visit NewYorkCruises.com. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey.com. So, Sambolino, is this Greek music or is this Irish music? This would be Irish music, Riverdale. Okay. All right. Well, today, actually, everybody's Irish. And our next guest is definitely no stranger to the airwaves on AM 970. Uh, it is where he got his start in radio. But, you know, since you hear him every day before this show, I want to tell you a little bit about our next guest, uh, John Katsimatidis. He was born on the small Greek island of Nisros, and uh, he immigrated to the States with his family, and he quickly became a true New Yorker, raised in Harlem. He went to school by day and worked in a small grocery store by night to help his parents pay the bills. Until just eight credits short of graduating from New York University, he opted to work in the grocery business full-time. And you know what that grocery business full-time has turned into? That has become the Red Apple Group. It's a, conglom- a conglomerate with interests in energy, real estate, aviation, baseball, entertainment, and media, including the iconic radio station WABC, where John hosts leading figures in government, politics, business, and economics, right here on AM 970 The Answer, as well as on WABC. Um, and Mr. Katsimatidis, I believe the name of your show has just re- recently changed. Is that correct? Yes, it's now Katz and Cosby, and Rita Cosby is working with us, and it appears also on AM 970 at 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And between WABC and, and AM 970 and WLIR in Long Island and other syndicated stations, we're the number one, we're the number one news show, a news and opinion show at uh, 5 o'clock. And uh, we have a lot of fun. We have common sense Democrats. We have common sense Republicans. And... We do the traditional way. We argue with each other. We yell at each other. We have a lot of high-profile guests uh, on the show. But at 6 o'clock, we all love each other. Well, that's the way it should be. John, the name of your book is How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. Um, You know, you love the term common sense. You say it on your radio show uh, all the time. You describe yourself as a common sense Republican. Tell us, you know, what the roots are and and what you're really trying to tell the people of the city of New York when you talk about using your common sense. Well, it's that uh, Republicans and and independents and, and Democrats, we should all argue with each other. We should sit around a table and find solutions that make sense for everybody. Uh, Arthur, I mean, I've been around politics for a long time. I hate extremism on the left. I hate extremism on the right. And I, I, I think we, we just have to do what's right to make sure our kids and grandkids 
are able to achieve uh, 2076, which is scheduled to be the 300th year of our nation. Because if we keep going in the wrong direction, Arthur, we, we are going to go to the sewer. Uh, Venezuela was the wealthiest country in South America, was in the top in 1950, 1960. It was in the top five in the world as far as wealth. And the socialists took over, and they destroyed the country. And, you know, they tell the, the, the poor and, and the lower middle class, you know what they tell them? Oh, vote for us. Put us in power, and we're going to de- destroy the billionaires, and we're going to give you all the money. We're going to distribute the money among the poor. Well, guess what? The socialists, they take care of themselves. And guess what? They make the poor poorer. And they, and they destroyed the middle class. And that's the, what was happening. I'm scared that might be happening in our, in our country. And we won't be around in 2076 to save our kids, our grandkids. So those of you who are listening, it is not 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You're not listening to the, to the what used to be called the Cats Roundtable, and now it's called Cats and Cosby. You are listening to the Idola Power Hour here on AM 970, The Answer, with uh, John Katsimatidis. We're talking about the, his book that just came out, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. And Mr. Katsimatidis, I just, you know, to uh, be prepared for this interview, I brought in a very familiar voice to you, a friend of yours for a long time, Mr. Mr. David Schwartz is here in the office with Cat, him as well. Catman, Catman, well, great, to, great David to have you on the radio. My daughter's, my daughter's lawyer. That's right, and I'm, and I'm. It's a pleasure to do work with you, Catman. How do we fix this, Catman? How do we get back to the middle? How do we get common sense? It's one thing to point it out, which you artfully have done, but what is the answer? Do we need a third party, John? I always tell people I hate both parties. Equally, they're both have going are going way too well, extreme. It, we need a middle ground. David, in New York State, the independents now exceed the Republicans. So what does that mean? I don't know what it means, but I think everybody, you know, we, we need to not to force our state and city into a uh, socialism because they're going to they're going to destroy the middle class and the people who paid the bills are the people that, that pay the taxes. And 484,000 people have moved out of New York City, New York State, in the last 24 months. If they keep moving, who's going to pay for the budget that they're, they're trying to pass? You're right, John. John, so... You know, you ran for mayor. You talk to the mayor. You have a lot of power in this in this town. What do you think? I'm going to take crime out of the equation. Everyone has that instant answer. We oh, we got to get crime down. We got to get crime down. After we get crime under control, and I believe we're on our way in that direction. What does John Katsimatidis, the 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 man who was almost mayor, what do you think the next big issue is to tackle so that people don't leave the city of New York? Well, it's the greatest city in the world. I, I think uh, your, your, your district attorneys, your attorney generals, and, and everybody uh, should, should make it a business-friendly uh, environment. Because if your business people move out of New York City, New York State, they're not going to be any jobs. 
you know, first you chase out the consumers, then you chase out the business people. What are you going to have left? Well, now, John, do you address any of this stuff in your book, uh, Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire? Well, what I tell people is to read my book, and, and maybe you're going to make a billion dollars too, Arthur. And if you re- people say, how do I make two billion? I said, read the book twice. <laughs> That's a, that's a great answer, John. John, let's talk a little bit about the world of radio, since you become such a big shot in the world of radio. Uh, it, t- tell us what you how you recount in the book uh, your relationship with uh, our general manager Jerry Crowley and how that that put you on the map regarding radio. Well, Jerry Crowley taught me the media business, taught me the radio business. When I lost for mayor in twenty thirteen twenty fourteen, I had dinner with Jerry, and Jerry says. Uh, people like you, uh, why don't you do a radio show? So I said, what the heck, I'll do a radio show. And first it started with one hour, then it went to two hours, and three hours, and four hours. You know Jerry. Jerry's the greatest salesman in the world. He talked into having a, a show almost every day. And then when the opportunity came along and WABC was for sale, I put on, I put on blindfolds and wrote a check. God bless you. Yeah, well, it seems to have turned out very well. Uh, I, you know, everyone knows that uh, you know, WABC is an iconic station around the whole the whole world, really. And uh, you really, you really brought it up. Your know, Chad and your whole team has been fantastic. And it's uh, anyone who listens to this show, uh, Mr. Katsimatidis, knows that, uh, in, including myself. And I don't want to be disrespectful to you, but I believe that Frank Morano has the best radio program in the nation right now. I think he is fantastic. He is a, a pretty good, he's a good guy. Don't forget, he was my producer. I'm aware. Uh, I, create, I created the show, The Other Side of Midnight. And, uh, you know, and we both like the same things. I told him to talk about all the mysterious things in life. Uh, and uh, uh, it keeps people awake. Well, and, and here's the uh, thing, John Katsimatidis, it keeps you awake because Mr. Morano will tell me sometimes that you're texting him at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, and then you know, you're, and then I hear you sometimes sitting next to Sid Rosenberg at 6.30 in the morning. So what's John Katsimatidis, the author of Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire, what, what's your lifestyle like, John? The city never sleeps, so, and Katsimatidis doesn't sleep either. The cat man doesn't sleep. I must say, Artie, I've gotten some of those texts from John at 4 in the morning also. So it's not only radio uh, texts, it's business texts. And, and it's amazing, John, how you, how you just don't sleep and are all, you know, on all the time. It's really amazing. Well, that's, that, that's a message we're trying to get across to uh, Generation Z. They think they're going to go out there and work two days a week and three days a week, and they're going to do well. Well, that's pretty dumb. You know, the harder I said, you got to get lucky to win. No, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And uh, that's what it's all about. And some of these kids don't realize it, but they're going to realize it someday. But the most important thing to me is that our country forget, you know, starts and makes those in the right direction and that we get rid of socialism and we want people that work hard should be rewarded. They, they should not be – when you go to Florida, the people in Florida say, come on down. We love you. They make it easier to make investments. 
Well, New York, how long does it take to get a building permit? Well, believe me, when Eric Adams ran, I mean, that was what he said. He said, I want to try to make New York uh, more user-friendly. We're talking to John Katsimatidis. Uh, you hear him every day here at 5 p.m. Uh, on the radio. It, that is, the show is now called Cats and Cosby. For years, it was the uh, the Cats Roundtable. Um, he's the author of How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about common sense and current events. Uh, I'm sure you've read uh, everywhere and heard everywhere that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office has a grand jury investigation open into former President Donald Trump regarding the payoff to Stormy Daniels. I want to know what John Katzmatidis has to say about that. Well, look, uh, I think that there's a lot of politics involved. And if it's politics, people should set it aside because it'll be, uh, you know, this year you'll be, uh, you'll be going after the Republicans. Next year, the, the Republicans will be going after the Democrats. And I think we should just concentrate. We should concentrate on, on helping our country. Now, take the migrants. There's, there's American poor people. Why are we paying $10 million a day to help the migrants? where we have American poor people that we can be helping. Why are, why are we going after Trump? That, that, did he do something wrong? Maybe. Who knows? But it's not that important comparison to what's going on in our streets of New York. Go after the, the killers. Go after the people that, that are, are abusing our citizens. And put your priorities in the right place. Is Trump perfect? No. He's far from perfect. But is, is President Biden perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, so what say you? Well, here's what I have 60 seconds left, John. And I, I, I'm very, very happy for you about this book. You know, you have a beautiful family, your two, your two children who I know. But I, I'd love you to wrap talking about your love affair with your with your bride and, uh, you know, your long marriage, and she's always by your side. And you know what? On a, on a Friday evening, let's give us a little love, love advice from uh, John Katsimatidis. Well, never argue. The wife is always right. And happy wife, happy life. We've been together for over 50 years, and no matter how tough a day I had, when I come home, she makes me smile. And that's what it's all about. So, but don't forget to buy my book. Go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. And if you go to WABCRadio.com, the store, uh, we'll give you an autographed copy at the same price. How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire by John Katzmatidis. John, warm regards from my mother. She loves you. So she wanted me to I, I, I told I you she said hello. Ferry. I met your mother on the ferry when we were going uh, uh, on the tr uh, on the round of Manhattan Island or up at least to the uh, Brooklyn Bridge with uh, uh, with uh, Jer Jerry Crowley and and Joe Piscopo and it was one great ferry ride and a lot of great people. Wonderful. All right, John, I'll let you go back to your billions. David, say God, goodbye. God bless, Catman. We love you. God bless. Take care. All right, folks, we're going to take a, a little break here, and we are coming back with another special guest to talk about the great late Paul Sorvino. Don't go away. Perillo Tours is starting their 78th year in business with vacations to Italy and now Hawaii, Spain, and Greece, too. I want you to join Joe Piscopo, our very own Joe, on a special Perillo tour to Italy. 
Steve Perillo and Joe have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, plenty of time to see the most important sites, and a private, fun-filled dinner performance by Joe Piscopo. Next, you fly to Sicily for three nights in Taromina with special day trips along the coast, including Savoca, Forza de Argo, for sites of actual filming events from the iconic movie The Godfather. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three additional nights before flying home. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515 or visit perillotours.com. It's Dr. Lederman talking about prostate cancer. Your PSA went from 3 to 4 to 6. Correct. And then all of a sudden it jumped to 60. It was a shock to me. That's when I called Radio Surgery New York. Your office is a whole nother world. You immediately took this whole thing into your own hands, beyond efficient. Did you ever have a doubt that we weren't working for your benefit? Not for one second. You knew that you had a cancer of the prostate that was aggressive and went to lymph nodes. And we put together a plan to try to get this terrible cancer under control, right? It was just like you say, no pain, no cutting, no bleeding. It was so easy. No side effects, no nothing. Just perfect. What was your PSA this week? 0.02. Wow. For more prostate cancer information, call Dr. Lederman. Two and two choices. Two and two choices. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. 1384 Broadway. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Kamins, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Kamins earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Kamins law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Coming up tonight at uh, 7 o'clock, Christine Nicholas and yours truly will celebrate St. Patty's and St. Joseph's Day. Wait a second. Why can't the Irish guy just get one day all to himself? Tonight at 7.
Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Celebrating the Irish today here in New York City with you too. Fantastic. This is actually Sambolino. Really amongst my favorites. I love this song too. Fantastic. Joni likes it as well. She wants you to know that Sambolino. Right? Cut my mic. I didn't cut your mic. Your mic is on, Joni. When I was in the uh, studio, Matt broke my mic on purpose. <laughs> So uh, it's an interesting. It, it, this, this today's show reflects the diversity of New York because it's Irish Day. We had a a, a Greek billionaire on uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, Katsimatidis, and now we have an actor who has such a uh, a long list of credits. His film credits analyze this: Mickey, Blue Eyes, Celebrity, Deconstructing Harry, Mighty Alfred. Aphrodite? Yes. Aphrodite. Bullets, Aphrodite, that's what I thought. Bullets over Broadway, Goodfellas. That's obviously what he's known for. And the producers and the directors that he's worked for, like Woody Allen and uh, and Martin Scorsese and John Gallagher. He's been all over television from The Sopranos to The Cosby Show. You want to talk about diversity of an actor from The Sopranos to The Cosby Show. Um, a lot of Law and Order, uh, New York Undercover. Uh, the good policeman. He's on the theater. Welcome to the Idala Power Hour actor Tony Darrow. How are you, sir? Who the hell are you talking about? It's not me. Yeah, why? Why you're too young? You're too young to be in all of those shows. <laughs> oh, it's it sounds so good. <laughs> That's nice. Thank well, you. Well, uh, you uh, you you deserve it. You deserve all of the accolades. You're a young man, right? I mean, you're about what are you? Forty five, fifty, something like that. I'll be 51 in October. 51. Okay, that, that's great. Tony, I want to start off with you. Uh, you know, you, you worked in, uh, you, you were in the movie Goodfellas uh, with Paul Sorvino, and there's been a lot of hubbub about the fact that at the Oscars the other night, Paul Sorvino, who appeared in, I believe it was seven uh, movies, amongst those others, but seven that were nominated for Academy Awards, and yet he did not, uh, they did not acknowledge his passing. What does uh, actor Tony Darrow, who appeared in Goodfellas uh, with Paul Sorvino, have to say about that? Well, I knew Paul very well. You know, also, before I started acting, I was a singer for many years. I, I sang in Carnegie Hall. I sang with the New Jersey State Symphony. I was Buddy Hackett's opening act. And, and the reason why I'm saying that, I, I work with a lot of them, but... The reason why I'm, I'm talking about Paul is that Paul sang very well, too. Paul was a, an opera singer, and he was a, an excellent singer. And when he started singing, he called me all the time for advice because he had never performed in nightclubs or uh, the first time he went into Atlantic City. I said, Paul, where have you performed before? And he told me, and I said, you know, 
doing an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half in, in an elevated stage in Atlantic City Resorts International, you better be prepared because, you know, the fear factor sets in and the fact that you never did it and all those people there, your voice is not going to hold up because he was a belter. He was a, a tenor, you know. He sang his, he sang his, his behind off. He was really good. So we be, we were very good friends, and he was always kind to me. The first time I met him, and then we'll get to the fact about uh, the Academy Awards, was on Goodfellas, and we had a little confrontation, which wasn't big, but uh, the scene with the Goodfellas, when I got the bandage on my head and I'm telling him, well, what do you want me to do, kill this guy? He says, I said, it wouldn't be a bad idea. And what do you want me to wind up a Lamister and all that stuff? Well, Marty took me into his trailer, and, and he told me to write that whole scene because I grew up in that neighborhood, and I knew we were real good fellas. So he didn't tell Paul, and I said, well, tell Paul because, you know, it's my first time working with him, and he's a little high-strung. And Marty said, don't worry, I'll take care of that. So we go on the set, and we're rehearsing it. And so Marty says, action, and rehearsal. And I go, well, you know, Paulie, what do you want me to do, wind up an MRA in the trunk of a car? Uh if I don't show up, what am I going to be a Lamistine and all that stuff that I did? And Paul goes, oh, whoa, whoa, what the F song, uh, what the F uh, scene are you doing? And I turned to Marty and I said, uh, Marty, didn't you tell this guy? I don't want no problems with him, you know. It's like my second movie. So he said, don't worry about it. He whispered in his ear. He said, I'm giving Tony the lead in this scene because he grew up there and he knows all the street words and all that there. And he wanted him mad. That's how good he was. That's how, good Scott, that's how good Scorsese was. Right. That he wanted him angry. And it worked. Did you see Sorvino's face? And so, that's it. He's really the neighbor, the, yes, the neighborhood you're talking about, you're referring to so people know, is East New York? Is that what you're talking about, Tony Darrow? East, East New York. That's where a lot of the wise guys came from there. You know, uh, uh, John Gotti and and Paul Ivario, who play, who who, uh, who that's who Paul that's who Paul Savino's playing in the movie. Savino played, yeah. You know, you could have made a lot of money in those days. Were you a trial lawyer with the, the wise guys? <laughs> yeah, but, no, not at all. I stayed away from oh. the wise guys. I was given great advice when yeah. I became a lawyer to stay away from them, and and it's it has served me well. So wait a minute. Now talking yeah, to the wise guys, get, yeah, because you don't get paid. Yeah. Tell them, Tony. Hey, you don't get paid. They go to jail. The wise crew you. They don't want to pay you. Yeah, thank you. Um, we're talking to actor Tony Darrow. Now, Tony Darrow, I believe you are an Italian-American. Is that correct? My real name is Antonio Nunzio Borghese, B-O-R-G-E-S-E. And so what's the Darrow all about? Okay, you ready? I'm not a kid, so everybody knows. But if you see me, I don't look anywhere like my age. And uh, I think uh, Tony has some late late photographs of me and also a video that I just did yesterday. So Joni baby, I don't look like that, right? You don't. You're anyway. you're gorgeous. I was jealous of your wife Marianne. You're not too bad yourself, baby. <laughs> there we go. I especially like when no. you put those sunglasses on. Thank you. But anyway, here's how this went. When I started performing in nightclubs, you needed a cabaret license. It was like a license a driver's license with your picture on it. And if you were a convicted felon, you could not work in nightclubs in New York. 
and uh, you had to have that card, and, and you had to get it renewed once it, uh, it lasted, I think, for three years or whatever. So my cousin said to me, who was the only one that went to college in, in that neighborhood in East New York, and he said, Anthony, you know, you can't go into a, a nightclub with your name Anthony Borgesi because that's what they called me, Anthony Borgesi, not Anthony Borgesi, which is pretty, you know. Go ahead. So he I said, agree. Yeah, and not only that, you need a, a name that is not ethnic, so people don't know what you are until you get there because, you know, the Italians were the lowest ones on the rung at that time. But don't forget, I was born in 1938. There you go. You know, Great year. But I could. But yeah, but also I can still knock you out. I'm telling you now. So I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. So, so where do you get the name Darrow from? Okay, so my cousin who was a big shot with Con Ed, and he, uh, but before he became a big shot, he was the only one that went to college in the neighborhood. So he says to me, "You got Let's think of a name. I'll call you." So about two hours later, he calls me. He says, "Hello, can I speak to Tony Darrow?" And I said, I think you got the wrong number, Ty. So no, that's you, dumbbell. And you're going to spell it D A R R O W. And I said, what? What W? I want it to end in a vowel. I'm Italian. He said, no, no. This way, when you get there, I don't know if you're Irish, German, French, English, you're American. He said, and you're going to have a better shot in life. I'm telling you. So he was my older cousin. I listened, and it stuck. And you know, my passport says Anthony Borgesi, A.K.A. Tony Darrow. And everything I do is to like both, so that I can get on a plane. And that's not my name. So, Tony Darrow. <laughs> uh, I like your middle name, Nunzio. What's what's it like working with Robert De Niro? Okay, so wait, we, we forgot about Paul. So, okay. Paul is really Talk, a nice right. guy. He was, was really a sweet man. And uh, uh, a little high-strung, like, you know, he didn't take crap from anybody, but... He was very helpful on the set, and he was a nice guy. And as far as the Academy Awards not mentioning him, I really think it was an oversight. I don't think it was meant to happen because the guy was a star. He was, a, you know, not a, uh, a double-A lister, but he was, a, you know, a B-plus list kind of a Well, they're saying that there star. was some committee, and uh, there was some committee that um... – uh, made the decision and who was going to be honored. And on the website, he was there, but he wasn't there in real life. I mean, on, on the live broadcast. I don't know. Whoever, if there really was a committee board, did they screw up? Um, talk to me about Robert De Niro. Yes, okay, so right, you got how long do we have? We probably got at least another two, three minutes. Okay, well, here, here's a great story. I'm appearing in Atlantic City. I'm headlining at the Claridge Hotel, and I get a call from the William Morris officer who I was with, a guy named Lee Solomon was my agent. And uh, Lee says, uh, they're looking for you for a part, uh, a part in a movie called uh, Wise Guys. That's what it was called first. And uh, and then they got sued because there was a TV show called Wise Guys, so they had to change it to Goodfellas, which was, was a godsend because Goodfellas really was a great name for that movie because that's what street guys call mob guys, Goodfellas, you know. So uh, he says, you got to fly in uh, with the Trump helicopter from the Claridge Hotel. You know, you land on 11th Avenue or 12th Avenue or whatever, and you got to go to Warner Brothers. It's in the Rockefeller Center. I said, Lee, I do two shows a night, six nights a week. I'm not going to go into Manhattan for some bullcrap movie 
He said, are you crazy? This is Martin Scorsese. They asked for you. They saw that film you did called Street Trash, which was a horrible film, and it became a big cult-following movie with the college kids. So anyway, I get on the Trump helicopter on my own expense, and then I take a cab to Warner Brothers, and I walk up there. Now, you know, when you don't need the money, you're not frightened to audition. But when you're starving to feed your family, you're a little restrained, you know? But I wasn't. Because I was making big money. I don't want to tell you how much because you'll give up lawyering once you hear what I was making. And, all right. And, all right, Tony. Go ahead. <laughs> so so uh, I go up there and uh, I see this palatial office and I see beautiful desk with this gorgeous girl receptionist. And she says, uh, uh, what's your name? I said, Tony Darrow. And as I said that, Ellen Lewis walks out, the casting person, with Marty Scorsese. So I'm a clown. That's what I do. You can tell I like people, and I and I say what I feel, you know. So she says, Tony Darrow? I said, yes. Yeah. She says, this is Martin Scorsese. And the devil came out of me because I'm doing shtick, and I'm singing in Atlantic City. So I do shtick. So he sticks out his hand. I slap his hand. And I go, don't give me your effing hand. You know where I had to come from for this crap? I said, if I don't get this part, you and his brother going out the window. Wow. Just like that. I got a whole page. I think I sent it to to uh Joni. Yeah, a whole page in the Daily News. So Marty pauses and he froze like and it seemed like my whole life went by me. And I said to myself, you idiot, this is not nightclubs, this is movies and you just screwed up. And I didn't say screwed up, I said the other word. Right. <clears throat> so that all happened like in seconds, but it seemed like a lifetime. So he punches his his, his uh, palm with the uh, with his fist, and he goes, "Jesus, this is what I'm looking for." Everybody comes in; they're all cotton mouth. They can't even do the lines. He says, "You're a natural." So um. I'm turning around, like, "Is he looking for me? Talking to me?" So he says, "Come on in the office." Like walk in the office. He don't sit behind his desk, and I don't even have to read. He sits next to me, and he's slapping me on my leg and saying, "Kid, you know what?" You're going to play the part of Sonny Bamboo. At that time, it was Sonny Bamboo. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, okay. So I have to read. He said, no, you don't have to read. You can go back, and we'll be in touch. So I go back, and I'm doing my nightclub thing. And about three, four days later, I see Robert De Niro's class for this, Joe Pesci for this, Ray Viota, Paul Sorvino, and I don't see my name. Now, in nightclubs, I'm a, I'm a headliner in Atlantic City. But I think I'm supposed to be in the newspaper with these guys because I'm a headline in Atlantic City. I know nothing about movies. So I called up Lee Solomon. I said, I don't want to do the movie. He said, why? I said, they don't even have my name in the paper. He says, Tony, you're a principal role. He said, you never did a movie. You did one freaking stupid movie. He said, you're doing this movie. And then I started my whole career. And that's wow. how, how I got the role. Yeah. So tell me about working with De Niro. Bobby was in the world with me. I, he's not such a great guy in a lot of things that he says that I don't agree with, but that's his opinion. Everybody has their own opinion. But uh, he was very nice to me. I'll give you one one story. Remember when uh, they want to take my nightclub away from me and I'm sitting Correct. in the office and yes. I look up and I go, what an effing shame. I don't know if you remember that. I got my yes, tie yes, open. Yes. Well, well, there was a lot of lines there. So... When, after we rehearsed the lines and everything, Marty said, all right, let's try one. Action. I got the first line. 
So I sit there and I stare into the camera and I'm really upset and I really felt like they were taking my nightclub. So I went like this, what an effing shame. And Marty said, cut, that's it. We don't have to do no more. And Robert De Niro looks and he says, hey, you, what do you mean we don't have to do anymore? He said, he did one freaking movie. He's taking lines away from us already. And I thought he was serious. And I, I almost crapped myself because I said, I screwed up already. I didn't even start a career. And here I am making this big star mad at me, you know. But, of course, he was kidding. And we became good friends. He helped me a lot with hand movement. And he used to tell me. Uh, on on screen, you don't have to do too much hand movement because the screen is small. It's not like stage. So I got one minute left. I'm talking to Tony Darrow. He's a very famous actor. You're a pain pain in the neck. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tony. Um, I'm going to throw it to Joan for a second because she can tell us where to find you. I have one quick question. Was... uh, uh, Don Rickles as funny off off air as he was, you know, on air. Okay, I'm going to say something negative, but it's not about Don Rickles. Don Rickles was the nicest man in the world, the kindest man in the world, and he would come over to the table with anybody. The most difficult person I ever worked with, but one of the funniest men in the world, was Buddy Hackett. But he was not a nice guy with people in the street or or after we come off stage. He was nasty. He was rude. And I don't mind saying that because I almost got in a lot of trouble with him a couple of times trying to protect. protect All right, thumbs down, thumbs down to Buddy Hackett. Real quick, Joni, tell people where they can find Tony Dow. So your parents and I are going to be going to the cutting room on April 18th to watch Tony the Goodfella of comedy. And Comedy Central is going to be filming it. So you don't want to miss this. The cutting room, New York City, April 18th. All right, thank you, Tony Darrow. We're going to be right back, and we're going to do a little Padre Lou St. Patty's Day libation. Don't go away. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not 
not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Welcome to County Kilkenny. The Black and Amber, the Cats, up the Cats. That's uh, one of the big sports teams in Kilkenny, uh, Ireland. Well, Tony Darrow was certainly an uh, interesting character. Yeah, he was. He's got some, some stories. He revealed that he's 80, uh, 84 years old. Um, it's interesting, though. You know, the beginning of the show when I was talking about like mentioning how Kimmel ripped apart Joe Tacopina. It's interesting what he said about Don Rickles. How, because Don Rickles was known for like calling people out of the audience and making fun of them, giving Johnny Carson a hard time. Uh, one of my favorite Don Rickles stories is, uh, and he alleges that it was accurate, he was on a date. And when the woman he was on the date, and Frank Sinatra was in the restaurant at another table. And when the woman he was on the date with went to the ladies' room, Rickles jumped up and ran over to Sinatra and said, Frank, do me a favor. When you're leaving, could you just come by the table and, you know, say hello or, you know, acknowledge me and, you know, make me look like a big shot. Frank Sinatra says, yeah, sure, no problem. Rickles goes back to his seat. The woman comes back. Whatever it is, 15, 20, half an hour later, Sinatra's leaving. He walks by and he goes, hey, Don, how you doing? And Rickles looks at him and goes, Frank, what's the matter with you? Can't you see him in the middle of a meal here with this nice young lady? And <laughs> and Sinatra just lost it. He just cracked up. And his delivery, Don Rickles' delivery, was just spectacular. But you heard he was like the nicest, sweetest guy. You know, the fact that uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I think he said something about Takapina. It was conceived in, the, in, the, in an ashtray in Rudy Giuliani's. Um, look up what he said, Joe. Um, it was, it was, it really upset me. But again, I don't, uh, Joe wouldn't care. You know, the, my two friends, I'll put this out there, Joe Tacopino and Frank Carone, um, we all know each other. They don't even, they don't, these things don't bother them. It rolls right off their back. I have no problem telling you it would definitely bother me. What does it say, Joe? Seems to have been born in the ashtray of Rudy Giuliani's Lincoln Continental. Yeah, I don't even really know what that means, but. Joe's out there throwing punches, and good for him. And 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 you know what? As I said, when you're what you always league... say, everybody deserves a defense. Yeah, that's and... our legal system, whether you like them or not. That that's it. I mean, and and to attack him personally is just, in my opinion, out of order. But let's lighten the mood here at uh, the late part of the day. Uh, the San- Department of Sanitation still cleaning things up here on Fifth Avenue. They're doing a great job, too, by the way. Yep, let's hear it for 831 Mikey. In honor of St. Patrick's Day and in recognition of some of the finest whiskeys produced in the world today, Padre Lou wishes to acknowledge some of these. And his preferred way of enjoying them is neat. Poured into a brandy glass, 
uh, like you would a cognac or an armagnac from France, thereby respecting the labors of the artisanal distillers who produce these comfort liquids to fend off the oft-time rainy and chilly days in climes like their beloved island. Many of you are familiar with brands like Jameson's and Patty's Bushmills and Tullamore Dew, but Padre Lou wants to acquaint you with three of his favorites. Middleton, not the top of the line, but very rare, which if uh, which can be found, if it can be found, costs $50,000 per yeah. bottle. Yeah, we found the top of the line, $50,000. It can okay. go down to three, but the top of the line, fifty. Okay. Um, Padre Lou has not tasted any of these. Oh, and then there's Pappy Van Winkle bourbon. Any of these and wonders what kind of bodily ecstasy one would receive from imbibing any of these. Uh, yeah, if it costs $50,000, there better be some ecstasy involved. <laughs> Padre Lou highly recommends both Red Breast, a brand of single pot still Irish whiskey, which matures in a combination of used bourbon and cherry casks, and Black Bush. A triple distilled blend blend of malt whiskey and lighter grain whiskey aged in former Oloroso cherry cast for over eight years. And if you wisely decide to first sample these two whiskeys at a well-stocked bar, Padre Lou warns that if you are inquiring of a female bartender whether she has available any of the last two mentioned brands, make certain that you choose your words carefully lest you wind up needing the services of Idala, Bertuna, and Cammons, because one of the ones is called Red Breast, and the other one is called Black Bush. So you don't want to get in trouble. When you have to hear me them. writing this down with your dad. <laughs> so join Padre Lou in saluting his and the Idala clans, County of Sicily, on this wondrous, special, iconic day, especially here on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. The luck of the Irish be with you all, and a happy Saint Joseph's Day on. Uh, St. Joseph's Monday, is, he said. It, no, it's Sunday. It's the 19th. Oh, well, he said Monday. I know, I know. Of course, I heard my mother say that. No, but the Monday. That's my grandma's day. She was Monday is my grandfather, Artie Idala's birthday, March 20th. And hopefully I'm going to have lunch with my cousin, Father Anthony Sorgi, who is my grandfather's nephew. Uh, grandnephew. <clears throat> all right. I think we're wrapping up a week. Sam Molina, you all right? We're good, man. Enjoy I it. Love, I love you got whiskey in the jar going. Let's roll on out with whiskey in the jar. Good night, Joni. Have a great weekend. Good night, everybody. She swore that she never would deceive me. But the devil take the women for they never can be easy. Mushering the dude on the wife of the daddy. Oh, wife of the daddy. Oh, there's whiskey in the jar. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's. Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.